you're listening to the diary of a head teacher this week i've been reflecting on the fact that life at school can sometimes seem like a bit of a cycle of ups and downs and perhaps this reflects what sort of ordinary workplaces are like but also maybe it reflects what life in general is like with kind of positive feelings about some of the things that have happened and some of the decisions that have been made And then the flip side to this, where we think that something might have been resolved and then something new comes up or where we reflect on a decision and think that we perhaps could have made a better one or we could have hoped for a slightly better outcome. In today's episode, then, I'm going to be answering two questions. The first is what type of decisions do head teachers have to make each week? And the second is how do I personally make decisions? The one thing that I'm really enjoying about this new role is the breadth of situations that I'm exposed to and I guess the sort of variety of decisions that need to be made on a daily basis. This week, for instance, the very first meeting I had on Monday morning after we let the children in was with one of our next door neighbours who had had their fence knocked down by one of our parents reversing into it. And then the final meeting I had on Friday was with one of my senior leaders and we were reflecting on our cycle of monitoring and evaluation and thinking how we can tighten this up in a way that it would improve learning for all of the children but it would also improve the experience of monitoring and how it impacts staff well-being as well and then in between I've had to speak to children about their behavior and then to parents about decisions we've made around behavior speak to parents around children's dietary requirements and how we're ensuring that they receive the right meals at lunchtimes. Logged reports with the local council on fly tipping and set up further meetings with some of our community leaders. With children's behaviour, I guess the type of decisions i'm trying to think how i can explain this without kind of breaking too many confidentialities but i suppose essentially the sorts of things that come up if we think around the playground are that two children might have clashed over something and so this might have ended up in i don't know one of the children kind of reacting and hitting the other child or someone saying something unkind or something that has upset somebody And so I guess the decision that needs to be made is around the consequence that is given to the children. So is it that if there's two children involved, sorry, they both receive the same consequence? Or is it that one of them deserves a kind of more severe consequence than the other? Because perhaps their behaviour or the part that they played in the incident warranted more of a kind of reflection now once that behavior has taken place there's actually essentially two decisions that need to be made one is around what the consequence is so you know we have a system of yellow and red cards so with a red card it means that the children are missing you know a significant amount of their sort of their next playtime as a way as a means of giving them time to sort of reflect on that behavior and understand that it wasn't appropriate or it's not what we would expect and 
that we're looking for them to sort of consider how in the same situation they would behave slightly differently. And then once that consequence has been decided and it's you know being communicated to the child or the children if there's more than you know one or two involved or whatever there's then a decision around how that's communicated beyond that so you know with the more kind of severe incidents that will need to be communicated to their parents as well this week we had a behavior incident where we determined that both children involved would receive a red card and this was communicated to their parents. Now, one of the parents felt that this wasn't fair and that they didn't necessarily disagree that their child should have a consequence or that their child was had, had acted, I guess, in the wrong. But where they disagreed was that they felt that both children receiving the same consequence was unfair. And so I suppose they felt that their their child's part in the behaviour incident didn't warrant as sort of severe a consequence as the other child's. And I guess this was because their child, I'm trying to think in a way of, of explaining this situation, their child had reacted to another child's behaviour first. So it was almost like they were... Um, the, the sort of second person at fault and I guess their argument was that they wouldn't necessarily have behaved in that way or they wouldn't have been required to um, I guess lash out if the other child hadn't you know kind of goaded them into it or um, created a situation where that happened. Now this parent had asked to speak with me and sort of you know arrange a phone call after this had happened so we'd already communicated to the children you know we feel like this is a justified kind of consequence for the behavior that's taken place and you know this is what's going to happen and then share that with the parents and i suppose what's really important is that once you've made a decision that you feel is fair it's sticking to that and i suppose how i then spoke to this parent was sort of saying, look, you know, this was our take on the situation and this is why we felt both ch- children involved deserved the same consequence. And, you know, I sort of recognised that we disagreed over this and that, that our clash wasn't necessarily over the fact that the behaviour was wa- wrong, sorry, it was over what the consequence was that had been decided for the behaviour. For me then, within this conversation, the key things to communicate were that, one, I appreciated the parent taking the time to speak with me and explain their opinion. Two, I guess we established that we had a common goal, which was longer term to support all of the children in managing their behaviour and making the right decisions. And then three, it was explaining a bit more about our decision process and I guess building the relationship with the parent in a way that they trust in what we are putting in place so I guess I sort of admitted to the parent and I said look it sounds like we're not going to agree over what we think you know a fair outcome to this is but 
a decision's been made and, and we will always try and be as consistent as possible based on the facts that we have. But what we are trying to do longer term is make sure that over the course of you know a child's time at our school, their the decisions that are made around them are as fair and as consistent as possible. So I suppose even where I come away from a conversation with a parent and I'm not necessarily going to change my mind or they're obviously going to leave that conversation with some element of frustration because, you know, I guess in this case, the child is still going to receive the consequence that we put in place and that isn't going to be adjusted because of the conversation. So it's then looking at, okay, what could the outcome of this conversation be that is positive for the parent? So for me, that is that we're building our relationship together but also that I'm then sort of finishing by saying that actually this incident has led to me reflecting a bit and that consequently there will be you know some either analysis of the systems that we've got in place so it might be that I go back with my team and look at you know where we decide to give a red card as opposed to a yellow card and um, and that might be that we work with staff around some uh, different sort of scenarios so we might say if this incident has happened what do you think is uh, you know a justified consequence for this child as opposed to this child do you think they deserve the same consequence then it could also be that I look at how there are ways to avoid this happening in the future so is it that um you know is supervision tight enough so could this incident have been avoided if earlier in the in the you know interaction between the children an adult had sort of intervened or had had been um sort of closer to them so that they might have been able to speak to that adult or is it that we're giving the children more strategies so that when they do become frustrated with each other they have another means of dealing with that rather than resorting to kind of hitting each other or saying something unkind. And for me, I guess it's always worth being really honest with the parent and sometimes addressing the elephant in the room. So it might be acknowledging that we're not going to agree on the outcome, but saying, okay, going forwards, this is going to be our approach or this is what we're going to do to adjust things that are happening and our end goal continues to be the same. So our end goal continues to be to make as fair and consistent decisions as we can and to ensure that the behaviour that takes place in our school is as as strong as it can be. Something I came to realise this week was that in schools we're quite lucky in terms of decisions and situations because we have, I guess, a kind of cycle or, or repetition of what happens either each week or each term or each year. So we have opportunities to adjust our approach and try them out on similar situations that reoccur. This means we can take our learning from something that's happened, discuss it, analyse what we've had in place and decide how we might be able to change that to bring about a different outcome and I guess 
for me, that's my decision-making loop. Something comes up and we think about how we should tackle it. We communicate how we've tackled it and we acknowledge where there may be discrepancies or disagreements in the approach that's been taken. Then we reflect together as a team and think, okay, how in future could this be approached differently? Or is there something that we need to alter Sorry, so that this doesn't happen again? And then we put that in place, we make those modifications so that the next time a similar situation occurs, we're ready to meet it in that sort of same consistent approach. And I've realised this is more or less how I make nearly every decision I have at school. So there's a reflection period on what's taken place. There's got to be learning from it and thinking what can the improvement be. There needs to be an evaluation stage where you're then analysing processes and thinking, was this, did this work? Was this as strong as it could be or, or can it be changed? I think approaching it with stakeholders as honestly as possible and acknowledging where there's drawbacks it gives them a voice and helps them understand the decision arc or decision loop that you've taken. And I suppose... The only other thing that I know that I do really consistently is try to meet everything in a very calm way. I would say it's being calm and also having high expectations. I was trying to explain this this week to one of the children who had acted angrily to something somebody else had done. And... What I'd said was that I didn't necessarily think that our goal was to completely eliminate or eradicate mistakes. You know, I think realistically there are going to be times when children kind of might lash out or the things happen that we would, you know, behaviours that we wouldn't like to happen. But realistically what we're hoping for is a reflection on those and that the next time they're in that situation, they react differently. Now, I was trying to explain to this child my approach when something like that happens. And I said, you know, often I'm in meetings with parents where uh, they they can become quite um, cross or, you know, the volume goes up. And it's not just parents, you know, there's different meetings I have where this can happen. And... And I understand it, you know, I think I've said this before that it makes sense because that either they're in a state where they kind of have disagreed with the decision that's been made or they feel that either themselves or their, their child has been wronged in a situation. Now, what I explained to this child was that in that moment, I recognised that me getting uh, unsettled or rattled or, or becoming angry and and meeting that with a louder voice or you know becoming shorter with the things I'm saying doesn't necessarily support or end up resolving that situation and likely that is just going to make the other the other person angrier and it's going to escalate those feelings of frustration so the way I try to look at it is 
what is the other person saying that I can learn from? How do they need? How do they? What, what are they taking from my approach? So if I'm calm and I'm sort of relaxed, is there a way that that makes them feel like we're in a calmer conversation and that the way to resolve the situation or the way to find a resolution is through a a, dis- a discussion of what's taking place and, and looking at the options that are available and also having high expectations for what the outcomes of some of these conversations might be this is the area where I think I find my most enjoyment and work is thinking okay something has taken place or something exists and there's an opportunity to improve it so whether that's looking at how our children learn and thinking you know there's an opportunity here to make that as strong as possible or whether it's looking at the local park near our school and thinking if I keep finding the right people to speak to we might be able to change this or it might be looking at just just our local area and you know the opposite us somebody had dumped a wardrobe and you know I think that had sat there for a long time you know longer than I'd I'd been at the school I'm, I'm sure it kept happening so it was discovering who needs to be spoken to 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 deal with that and if we keep bringing it up will that then lead to deterrence being put in place because I guess the council will get bored of continuing responding to the same complaints and incident logs. Ultimately, I hope that this approach to decision making enables me to achieve the goals that I would like to at the school, but that everyone who is involved in receiving a decision that I've made, so whether that's a parent, a staff member or a child, can see that there's a fair and consistent approach and that that leads to them developing respect for the decisions I make. And so I hope they would either adopt a similar philosophy for decision making or that in future they would feel that decisions are being made to the best of my ability and that they're being made with a view or a lens towards making the school and the community the best place that it can be.